Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tonight, a lot to get to. We actually have signs of a slowing labor market. Congressional gridlock on the way and the impact of the direct flight from CBG to London. You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Mimi Wagner, along with Steve Sprovec. Some days there's just a lot in the headlines. And as always, we want to look at it from the standpoint of how does this really affect you, your 401k, your day-to-day basis? So let's start with the job market, because this has been frustratingly resilient this year. Yeah, normally we're happy about strong jobs numbers, aren't we? <laughs> yes. Isn't that supposed to be a good sign, a good, yes. a good strong economy? Well, the whole point of watching these numbers like a hawk like you and I do is that we want to give the Federal Reserve reasons to quit raising interest rates. And, you know, what they're trying to do, Amy, is they're trying to reduce demand so prices quit going up. I mean, that's that's what inflation is. Yeah. And the problem is consumers, you, me, everybody else, we're getting into the holiday season. We're spending a lot of money. The jobs market is still tight. I don't know if we're still at two jobs for every unemployed person, but if we're not, we're awful close to it. Yeah. And that shows that, okay, if the jobs market is strong, that means wages are strong. That means people have extra money. People are going to buy stuff. And that doesn't help inflation. So we're really looking for bad news. When, when the Fed says we want, we know we need to have more pain, what they're really saying is more people have to lose their jobs so that demand dries up and inflation comes down, which kind of stinks, but that's yeah. where we're at. It reminds me of, and I don't know if you ever did this when you were in elementary school, but sometimes we would say it's opposite day and everything that we said <laughs> we would do the opposite yeah. of or whatever. We are literally living in a year where it's opposite year, where yeah. bad news ends up being good news. And yeah. the sort of bad news that we're talking about right now jobless claims have only have dropped slightly this week so so that's not great but job openings have declined hiring has slowed layoffs have started to increase we've talked about amazon twitter and facebook we're talking about tens of thousands of layoffs now listen on a main street level no one likes this no right, one likes right. to hear about layoffs it's affecting if it's not affecting you it, it could be soon affecting you or someone that you care about But from purely the standpoint of what the Federal Reserve is looking for, you look at the housing market. The housing market responded to these rising interest rates overnight. Yet every month that has gone by, we have seen little movement in the labor market. So the fact that we're finally starting to see it tick and yes, not a great direction, but it is right. good news as far as the Federal Reserve and their need to stay on this really aggressive path that they've well, been on. Well, Twitter may solve this whole problem. They laid off half their people and they told the other half, hey, it, it's going to be brutal for you um, if you don't uh, if you don't sign on by tomorrow afternoon and say you're good with working your, your you know what off. Yeah. Um, see you later. So they may not have a workforce. After yeah, sign me up for that, right? After the end of oh, the Oh, sure. That today. sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we also have um, interesting news out of the Federal Reserve. St. Louis Fed Chair it's James a good way Bullard. of putting it. Yeah, and interesting. We, yeah, well, and interestingly, this guy has been 
a big talker on the Fed this year. This is not the first time he's come up on the show. Yeah. Uh, and he said, hey, listen, you guys might be celebrating the fact that you think that interest rates have gone as high as they need to be, or maybe we're going to see a half a point hike in December, and that will be it. He actually suggests that that benchmark rate, the rate that the highest rate that he thinks it would need to go, the terminal rate, would be between 5 and 7%. 7% yeah. is a higher number than we have heard. Scary. I, I, I mean, that's, um, and I think, that was, I think that was his point, actually. You know, one thing I've learned over, you know, many, many years of doing this is it's never as good as you think it is, and it's usually never as bad as you think it is. Truth is and, in the middle. Yeah, and, and what he's trying to tell everybody is, hey, last Thursday when we saw a slight very slight decrease in inflation. You guys went nuts. You you drove the the Dow Jones up eleven hundred points in one day. Um, let's have a little little swift kick of reality here. And we're not through this yet. And we're not. You're talking about a pause. I haven't told you that we're going to pause. So maybe just uh, let, let's take a step back and say, you know what? We may not be done at five percent on increasing interest rates. And of course, the market didn't like that. But you know, I, whether he whether and and course he's not the chair and he's only one vote but he's kind of giving everybody an indication that the fed is still gathering data they're still yeah. trying to figure out what the impact is of what they've done to date maybe they've gone too far maybe they don't need to raise rates anymore they don't know they need more information and until they get information showing not one month of decreasing inflation but maybe another and maybe another after that where we see a trend Maybe that's when they'll take a break and, and say, OK, maybe we are doing it exactly the way we should be doing it. I think what he's saying is what Grandma Wagner used to always say. Don't What's count that? your chickens before they there hatch, you go. right? There we you go. do not know yet. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55 KRC as we distill down the headlines, what they really mean to you, your money, your 401k, and of course, gridlock in Washington. I don't know. It doesn't sound like much anything new, but yeah. It is exactly what Wall Street likes. But what Wall Street doesn't like is massive, radical uh, change that occurs almost overnight. I, I mean, I don't care what the party is. If somebody goes in there and says, we're going to change the tax code, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, yeah. Wall Street goes into a panic because they don't know how to structure their operations to survive and be profitable in the new situation, especially when they don't know exactly what the new situation is. They just need calmness. They need to know what the equation is. And gridlock is kind of a good thing because there's some there's been some weird stuff coming out of Washington, not just recently, but for quite some time. <laughs> and and gridlock, I, I mean, when they say uh, we're going to have budget uh, uh, fights again, I, I mean, remember when the government used to shut down? I oh. can't wait till they shut down non-essential businesses and people start saying, I'm not sure Congress is essential. Why don't you shut that down? Maybe that would help. I was going to say, remember when they, yeah, they shut it, like, honestly, it shut down like once a year, I feel like, yeah. or twice a Pretty year. Much. It becomes, yeah. it's become a weird norm. Yeah, we're going to have but fights yeah, like so that again. You've got Republicans taking narrow control of the House, right? So you've got a divided government. You've got, obviously, the president as a Democrat. And, and what that means is no one's agreeing on anything. Nothing's no. going to get done. And while that can sound incredibly frustrating as a voter, as an American, it is exactly what your 401k likes. So I don't know. Take that, take that into account. 
this whole FTX situation, I'm going to call it. You're going right to go now. there. You're well, going to go I'm there. Gonna, I'm not you? only going to go there, but I'm going to make a bet with you right now. I'm okay. going to say that by the end of next year, this whole FTX saga is on Netflix or Hulu or someone has created yeah. a documentary. It is just, it is just screaming for the big screen here. Yeah, I, I mean, so much you, drama. Can you imagine? You were, you know, late twenties, thirty at, at one point. I was a long, long time ago. <laughs> I was. What if, yes. what if what if somebody gave you a couple of billion dollars and said, "Hey, um, structure this company, run it, and 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 grow it"? I, I, would you have done well? I, I mean, the, the, yeah. it's starting to come out what this guy and, and his name is Sam Bankman-Fried. He he was considered to be the guru of crypto. I mean, he was giving testimony to Congress. He was he was front and center at every crypto seminar that was out there. And, and so now that his former company has imploded, they had to bring in the guy who restructured Enron to make sense of this. Okay, <laughs> I mean, basically the best restructuring expert in existence in the world probably at this point, and he's scratching his head because they were using apps for, they didn't just email each other for internal memos. They used apps that auto-deleted, so they're gone. They don't know what went on. To your point, right, this guy who presided over Enron's bankruptcy has said there is a complete absence of any trust. Like, you can't even make heads or tails of it because there's no trustworthy information. Even if you look at HR records, you can't determine who works there and who (laughs) worked there. (laughs) Keep in mind. Where do you start? Yeah. Well, this company has bounced around. Its headquarters have been in several different places, ended up in the Bahamas. And those who are running it weirdly all live in these suites on one floor together. Together. Yeah. It's like a yeah. commune or something. It's goofy. Someone's in relationships with someone romantically, and they're also all running these. It, it, it's it's a it's a madness. It's really interesting how this happened. But from the perspective of investors, for the longest time, this exchange for crypto was the gold standard. Yeah. If you were going to buy crypto, this is likely where you would now that you now that you read about exactly what was going on, you see how scary it was. But from the outside for years, it never appeared to be this way. I mean, this is why I never I just never liked crypto. There's no it's yes. the Wild West. I mean, we've we've it called is. it that for, for a long time. And, and you're dealing with a currency that has, you know, no basis in, in reality, no real inherent value. And the people that structure these companies are, you know, in their 20s for the most part, maybe, you know, the old ones are in their 30s. And, and you know, because there's no regulation, they kind of did what they wanted to do. It would be funny and it would be a great story if it weren't for literally yeah. billions of dollars. This this may wind up dwarfing the Madoff scandal. I, I mean, mark my words, it, this is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you've got people out Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars with pretty much zero recourse. We'll see what they can recover. I mean, there are some assets there, but, you know, they're, they're just like you said, they're trying to figure out who even worked there. It, yeah. It's ridiculous. We could spend hours talking about the salacious yeah. details of all of this and the craziness. But I think the takeaway for investors has to be there's just not enough regulation here. Yet, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. when this was absolutely touted as a, a safe place to buy crypto. And then you find out what was really going on in the background right behind what you could see. I think this is probably a wake-up call, and it will be interesting to see how 
crypto investors respond in the long term, right? Whether they kind of back farther away from it. I want to get to something else quickly, though, no. um, because we have an international airport uh, in CVG. But I always kind of laugh when we say that because there is literally it's one, one flight, one <laughs> exactly. weekly, one one direct flights from here into Paris. But yeah. now there is an expansion to that. Uh, there, there is, and and British Airways is flying. I think five days a week starting June. Yes, um, nonstop CVG to London, which is awesome because I love British soccer. And and if you haven't seen Welcome to Wrexham, oh my gosh, it's like so good. A, it's like a real life Ted Lasso. It's a great show. I, I want to watch Wrexham. I, I want to fly over there. I, if I, I had can, the same thought when I was watching. That, it. Like I would love to go. To I would a love to go. Game. But but in I, Wales, I, I, as long as I can get a round trip fare for under two hundred bucks, that that's my limit. That's my <laughs> limit. So we'll see what the pricing is. Uh, Good luck with that, sir. Here's the all worth advice. Daily headlines drive daily market returns, but don't worry about their impact. You should have a long-term plan with long-term financial goals. Coming up next, we've got the impact and increase in how you spend money could have on the next move by the Fed. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Strebuck. If you can't listen to our show every night, well, we've got a daily podcast. You can listen the next day on your way to work, maybe at the gym. If you've got that friend who could use a little money advice as well, spread the word. Search Simply Money on the iHeart app or wherever you turn to for your podcast. Coming up at 643, we're identifying some bad habits you could have that could hurt your retirement later in life. For now, we're keeping a close eye, as the Federal Reserve, our nation's central bank, is on lots of data that's coming out around the economy, right? What is this going to mean to the Federal Reserve moving forward? And now, of course, we've got the October retail sales report coming out. We've got Ted Rossman, senior industry analyst at Bankrate.com, joining us tonight. Ted, let's talk about these numbers from the Fed's perspective. I think from the Fed's perspective, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. You know, they're probably happy in a weird sort of way to see that consumers are adapting their behavior. I mean, it's a tricky balance because they certainly don't want to tip us into recession or or even really say too much about the fact that these interest rate hikes could lead to more unemployment and higher rates on credit cards. Um, You know, I think it's a necessary bit of medicine for the economy. We can't be dealing with high inflation forever and ever. Um, But, you know, for instance, in this report, we did see evidence that people are pulling back on big ticket items. Electronics and appliance sales were down 12 percent year over year. Furniture sales were flat. But if you were to adjust for inflation, they'd actually be down significantly. So in a weird kind of way, I think that this is showing some dampening of consumer spending, which is probably needed to get inflation in check. But that's the tough balance. You don't want to hit the brakes so hard that things go too far in reverse. Well, Ted, that, that might be good news for, you know, the average person uh, in, in the United States that's hoping inflation comes down. But if you're a retailer, this, this, these are tough times. I mean, you're getting, you're getting squeezed with higher costs of goods. Um, uh, you're getting squeezed with labor costs. Um, and, and, you know, all of these supply chain issues, how do you even survive? I, I mean, I've got to think that it's going to be a tough holiday season for retailers. What do you think? It is tough for retailers. Yeah, the National Retail Federation is forecasting a 6 to 8% increase over last year. 
But if we factor in inflation, that's basically flat or even mm. slightly yeah. negative. Yeah. Um, Target had a bad quarter recently. They're lamenting excess inventory and changing consumer taste. People are not splurging as much on discretionary items. So it's tough for retailers. It's tough for small businesses, obviously. And tough for consumers. I mean, the fact that people are spending more, but they're not necessarily getting more, that even though retail sales were up 8.3% year over year, you don't really feel that because it's almost entirely because of inflation. It's because gas costs more, groceries cost more. Um, there is definitely evidence that people are changing their spending habits. One exception is at bars and restaurants. They're actually doing well despite inflation. I think that shows all the pent-up demand that stacked up during the pandemic. We are at the beginning, well, of traditionally what was the holiday shopping season. I know it starts earlier and earlier every year. We saw deals starting in October. But what do you think when you talk about the fact that retailers are, are facing kind of a tough holiday shopping season? What does that mean for consumers? Like, are we going to find better deals and discounts this year or not? We are. And they started early. It was really the second week of October that the holiday yeah. shopping season started in earnest with Amazon's prime early access sale and Target deal days and Walmart and Best Buy had their own versions, and it just keeps going. Uh, we found about half of people started their holiday shopping before Halloween. And I think that a big theme this year is changes in behavior. 40% are making adaptations because of inflation. So they're starting earlier. They're buying fewer items. They're looking more aggressively for sales. Uh, the supply chain has healed, and Retailers are stuck with excess inventory. So I actually think one silver lining for consumers is if you add all this up, it's probably going to be the best season for discounts in a few years. Well, give me some examples then. I, I mean, if you're out there and, and you're looking for deals, where, where are you going to find the best deals, you think, over the next couple of weeks? We're hearing about a lot of these holiday classics, things like clothes, toys, electronics. There are a lot of good sales Department stores in particular are offering a lot of good discounts. It's not great for them because they're struggling with excess inventory. Sure. And their in-store traffic has been down. Um, E-commerce actually did really well in October. Um, but I think a lot of these more traditional department stores may be offering, let's say, 20, 25, even 30 percent discounts this year. The Black Friday pricing started early, and I think it's going to continue really right through to Christmas. You know, Ted, we started talking about inflation maybe midway through last year. Uh, and of course, at the time, the Federal Reserve was using the word transitory. They didn't think it was going to be sticking around. Now, here we are just about a year and a half later, and we're still talking about it. But for the longest time, we really didn't see consumers. We didn't see shoppers or people who are out spending money changing behaviors. When you look at these numbers, does this show, OK, we're, we're starting to slow down on things here? In some areas, yeah. In general, I think it's actually remarkable how resilient consumer spending has been. Yeah. The fact that we're still seeing these 8.3% year-over-year increases, and, and that's pretty typical. It was 86 year-over-year in September. Uh, we, we've often been in that 7 8 9% range, so a little bit more than inflation for the most part. 
Um, and this is mostly on goods. That's the other thing. This report doesn't really measure much in the way of services. Bars and restaurants are the only example. So it's not accounting for the big surge in travel and people going to concerts and sporting events. And I actually think consumer spending has been a real bright spot. And I think it tracks back to the strong job market. But again, none of this really feels great. Like even if your wages are up 5%, if inflation's up 8 that doesn't feel good. Um, the fact that people are spending so much more for essentials is leading them to cut back on discretionary kind of purchases. So I think a lot of the data is better than the sentiment, but it's all related. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, and I think it's just been so long now, right? That, I mean, we're going into the holiday travel season. We'll have to see how that pans out. We're starting to see data sort of moving in the direction the Federal Reserve would like, but we'll we'll see how this holiday shopping season goes. Here's the all-worth advice. Take this retail sales report seriously. It's one of the factors that the Fed will look at when deciding how much to raise interest rates next month. Next month. Uh, thanks again to Ted Rossman, Senior Industry Analyst at Bankrate.com for joining us tonight. Coming up, would you be willing to work 13 to 14 hours a day if it meant you were only working three days a week. Yes, one company is trying this out. We'll have details next. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. All right, I remember several years ago when a four-day work week was the biggest deal, right? Working four tens, revolutionized things. And now there are some organizations who are looking at a three-day work week. Joining us tonight with how does this work and what's the impact been so far? Of course, Julie Bauke, Julie on the job. Uh, I, I like this concept. I think lots of people do. Tell us about it. Yeah, so this this move toward flexible work options. Chick-fil-A is the latest example. So what an operator has done is in his stores, he gave his people, as an option, a three-day work week, 13 to 14 hours a day. It's uh, 25% of his people took him up on it. And what they do is they, they work together. So the people who agreed to do this are working as a pod. And they look out for each other. And if they need a break, they help each other take a break. But 
they love it. Turnover has been zero. And wow. what I love about this idea is that because they want to keep it, because they love it, it helps them go to school, take care of elderly parents, do other things. They will make darn sure that it continues to work. So they have skin in the game and they know that if it becomes unproductive, they will lose the privilege. So, so you've got not only people that want to do it, but he's got a stack of, of the applications from other people who want to work that way. Oh, I'm sure. And Chick-fil-A is doing this, but anyone else? I mean, anyone else looking at this? Well, so you can't, you know, not every work environment or business can do something like that. Lends I mean, itself, people actually yeah. have to need you, right? 13 to 14 hours a day. Yeah. And not all businesses operate on that kind of, uh, you know, on that kind of schedule. But there, this year... Um, 75 companies in England tried out a four-day work week, mm-hmm. a six-month pilot. They said, we're going to do it for six months, 75 companies. So halfway through the six months, three months, they did a survey, kind of a how's it going survey. And like, like, like the 40-something companies responded, and like 95% of the respondents said it is going well. Um, we are seeing no. We have seen no dip in productivity and in fact, we are highly likely to keep doing it after the pilot's over. So it's there are what I love about both of these studies, both Chick-fil-A and this one, is that it's evidence that it can work. And it's evidence that it's not just giving in to people who, you know, don't want to work a regular schedule. It's actually our work lives and the rest of our lives are fully integrated now for some of us. Because your boss can call you at ten o'clock at night. You know, or text you or email you. It's a very different, a different, very different world, and technology has been the driver of that. And so the so we we can't. It's not like it used to be where you'd come home at five thirty and you know, put your hat on the hat rack and forget about work until the next morning. And so these types of flexible options, flexible options are a nod to the fact that we you know that 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 our work, our lives are our lives are one. And we can't we can't separate them out and put them into compartments anymore. Mm-hmm. And so progressive organizations have started piloting. And piloting is the key word here, Amy, because you don't have to come out and say, this is the way it's going to be. And then right. if it doesn't work, it's like, oops, you know, taking it back now. Yeah. Try some options and get your people involved in coming up with options, because at the, the bottom line is the work still needs to get done. I mean, nobody's saying the work's not going to get done and we're going to sit around and play ping pong all day. Yeah. It's really, how can we still get the work done? How can we, how can we still get the work done and create a culture and a work environment that works for our people? Well, just because you've got a bigger title or a bigger office doesn't mean you necessarily have to have all the answers. You may have veto power, but get your people involved in coming up with a solution that might work for your organization and be open and flexible and progressive enough to try it out, but with no promises that you're going to keep it. I mean, I think it has to work for everybody. And that's, I think what people miss is like, no, I'm the boss. I'm going to tell you what to do. Well, pretty soon those, those people who pound their fists on a desk are going to end up um, 
going to end up in the office all by themselves wondering why nobody wants to work for them. <laughs> I want to get your take on this, Julie, because you mentioned that there's a, a number of companies in England who have tested this. We've done stories about these kinds of pilots uh, in work environments through the years, but I, I noticed that they're often like in Denmark or New Zealand or yes. I, I rarely hear oh about gosh, it. Yes. I rarely hear <laughs> about it here in the U.S., which makes me think like yeah. as far as progressive, like are, are we behind? Is there a reason? Is there, is there just some kind of a yeah. culture here that's different that, hey, we're not going to try new things. We need to be nine to five Monday through Friday. I want to get your take. Yes, for sure. Not word behind, uh, not only when you think about one of the biggest things that Americans struggle with is childcare. Yeah. And in some of these, some of the Scandinavian countries, especially, they have really, really high quality childcare at a very low cost because they want to make it easy for both parents to work. Yeah. And yeah, so we don't. And I mean, just just look at vacation time. And, you know, I'm guilty of this. Like you go on vacation and you see like a German family and they're on vacation for a month. And of course, my first response is, oh, my gosh, like that doesn't even sound good to me. (laughs) Maybe two weeks. Yeah. But we so we we don't even take all our vacation time. And and all these other countries do. So we absolutely have what I call a work macho culture. Mm, That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, you put your nose to the grindstone and brag about the number of hours you spent. And, you know, for years, that's what was rewarded. And and I remember when I started in my career, you know, back in practically the Stone Age at this point, hmm. you know, the, the idea was you come in, you, t- you turn your lights on, hang your jacket, because, of course, we tried to dress like men with our little floppy bow ties. <laughs> and then if you want to, then what happened was people were turning their lights off for each other. They were, like, covering for each other. And it was the, you have to get to work before the boss and stay after the boss to get ahead without really thinking about what are you doing during that time? Are you actually being productive? And that's what people don't miss about going into the work, going into work is people coming around bugging you, you know, and just wanting to talk about this or that when all you want to do is get your work done. So, you know, there's, you know, there, there's, we are in some areas, we are very much behind and, but the progressive companies, the companies that get it, um, I have a couple of um, younger people I know who, who are gen- or millennials who work for bigger companies um, who have always really understood this because, like, my daughter-in-law works for, works for Deloitte mm-hmm. and in Chicago, and they are they have been ahead of the curve the whole time because they always struggle to attract and retain people because their workload is is tough, and so Insane. they give yeah. them during you know, during their busy season. So they're really flexible with them outside of the busy season because they realize they have to, that they want their people to stay. And so when you want your people to stay, you have to be willing to try things. You have to show them that you value them and that you listen to them. And this top down, I'm going to tell you what's right for you because I'm older is just, it works for my generation and probably Gen X, but it's not going to work for these younger generations. I love this. And if you are an, an employer, right, listening right now, take heed. I mean, you're going to have a difficult time attracting young talent who are not used to, you know, this this nine to five nose to the grindstone thing. And if you are an employee um, and you feel like your HR or your, your boss might be open to these kinds of things, I think taking this information to them and advocating for it is a great thing. Great insights, as always, of course, from Julie Bauke, Julie on the job, a regular here. Come back off and she'll be here. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. (laughs) 
You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprova. Do you have a financial question you'd like for us to talk about here on the show? It's easy. There's a red button you click on while you're listening to the show on the iHeart app. Record your question, and it's coming straight to us. And straight ahead, we're looking at the state of the electric car industry. When will prices come down? Are there other cheaper options than Tesla? We're going to cover it all. You know, I bet if I asked your wife, Anne, if you had any bad habits, she <laughs> might be able to come up with a couple. Maybe no. one, maybe two. Me? <laughs> we all have bad what do you habits. Need? What, how much do you need? Exactly. <laughs> I, will, I will pay you whatever you need to keep from asking her that question. Oh, I'll be seeing yeah. her in a few weeks. I'll yeah. be sure to bring that up with her. You Listen, we that. all have bad habits, but when it comes to money, uh, it can have a huge impact, those bad habits. So there's a few that just kind of rise to the surface that we see time and time again, people coming into our office that we just want to point out, hey, if this is one of your bad habits, you might want to work on it. And I think one of them is all you can see is the here and now. Yeah. You can't see the Amy Wagner that's 20 years older who would have said, uh, hey, rather than buying all of that junk, maybe you could save for retirement, right? There's a lot of people who fall into this trap. You're spending for now, and you're not saving for later. Well, I'm one of them. I'm a poster boy for this. I I mean, for years and years, we were scrambling. We did whatever we needed to do to get through the day and the week and the month. And and when I turned 50, it it was, okay, let's get a handle on this thing. And and the first thing I did, Amy, and I I think a lot of people can relate to this, is instead of just winging it, I I pulled out the proverbial, proverbial, easy for me to say, yellow (laughs) legal pad. And I just went through income and spending. And I kept it kind of at a high level, but I I just went through, uh, okay, here's what I've got this month. Here's what I have to pay. How much should I have at the end of the month? And there was always something I should have, but for years and years, I didn't have anything. And once I laid it out on paper, I would say, okay, I I expect to have $400 left over at the end of this month. I didn't. What did I do wrong? And it changed my behavior almost Mm -hmm. overnight. You've got to start putting a plan together and setting money aside before you spend it. Uh, otherwise, it's it, you're, you'll find something to spend it on. Here's another bad habit, yeah. especially this year, overreacting to market volatility, right? I mean, <laughs> for the longest time, Never we happens. were spoiled. Yeah. Every time you checked your 401k, it went up. Uh, you were an investing genius, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. you just couldn't do wrong. And then... 2022 hit and all of a sudden you just can't do right. And I think there are scary headlines and I know there are people who are checking the markets several times a day. I'm someone who, you know, pretty much always knows what's going on in the markets. I find myself checking it less this year than normal. Same here. I just don't want to do it to myself and it's not necessary. And I know that my investments are long-term investments. So there's going to be down years. It's a normal part of the business cycle. It doesn't matter what the headlines are saying or exactly why it's happening. We know it's going to happen at some point. And so uh, kind of being to the point where you can take it in stride rather than freaking out about it. But freaking out about it becomes a bad habit for a lot of people. Yeah, and, I, and we're not saying, you know, don't worry about anything. Uh, is If you go into your, whether it's your 401k or IRA or whatever the case is, and, and make sure you've got some good choices, diversified, and you're comfortable with the amount of risk you've taken, okay, then you can pretty much leave it alone. Go out and enjoy the day. Life is yeah. too short. I'll give you another one, underestimating how much you're going to need to walk away with from work. Okay. Too many people say, okay, I can get by on this much. 
No, that's yeah. not the way you do it. Enjoy life. Put some money uh, set aside in, in your retirement spending budget for travel, for visiting the kids and grandkids, for doing the things you always wanted to do. And chances are that may be more than you're spending while you're working. I can tell you I am naturally wired in a way. And I grew up in a very conservative money-wise household. But I'm always like, oh, we could get by with just da da yeah. yeah. And and Jason, my husband, balances me out really well because he's like, but we don't want to get by on that, <laughs> right? We we don't want to have to get to retirement and say, okay, we saved as much as we said we were going to save. But that also means we can't travel or we can't right. do X, Y, Z. I say rather than underestimating, you overestimate how much you'll need, right? And if you get there, well, then it's then you're fine because then it's far less sleepless nights. I, I couldn't agree more. I'll, I'll give you another one. Only investing in the best performing mutual funds. I used to see this all the time. Money Magazine would come out and say, these are the best funds from last year. And people would buy them. They would call yeah. me up and say, I want that fund. That's the best one. Put yeah, me in yeah. That. But yeah. you know what? The best one last year means it was probably higher on the risk scale. And that's why it, it outperformed everybody in a good market. And as soon as the market takes a breather, it's probably one of the worst performing. It's a bad trap to fall into, yet people do it year after year. Right. Show me a fund that does well year over year over year over year, right? Yeah. One good year does not mean the next five years are going to be that good. I, I completely agree. I think you've got to figure out what diversification is necessary for your goals and your overall financial plan. And that's where you go into. Here's one that really drives me crazy. Tapping into your retirement account for cash. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people walk yeah. into the Allworth offices and they say, I need this. And it's always a need, right? In their mind, it's a need. Mm -hmm. And I figured out how I can do this. I'm just going to borrow a little money from my 401k. Yeah. Oh, right? it, yeah. If you're borrowing. Oh. oh, man. Especially in, in an environment where jobs are, you know, not as secure as they were 20 years ago. Um, if you wind up losing your job, getting laid off, leave it voluntarily even, and have an outstanding loan on your 401k, guess what? you got to pay it back or you're going to pay tax on the distribution. And if you're not 59 and a half, good chance you get an extra 10% penalty. That's a tough one. Here's the Allworth advice. If any of these bad habits sound a little familiar to you, changing just a couple of them can get you closer to retirement than you might think. Coming up, if you've ruled out getting an electrical vehicle, electric vehicle because they're just too expensive, we're going to tell you to think again what you need to know. You might be surprised. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovac. When gas prices jumped after Russia invaded Ukraine, my family started thinking about the fact that, hey, we have two gas-guzzling vehicles. Maybe we want an electric vehicle. And we ended up buying one, and we are not alone. Actually, EVs are the fastest-growing segment in the auto market right now, according to Cox Automotive. It's funny, Steve. You used to see, you know, here and there, you'd see an electric vehicle on the road. Now they're yeah. everywhere. Well, it, I mean, who has 60 to, you know, in some cases, 80,000 plus to buy a, a new Tesla? Yeah. Well, now there are some used Teslas that are available and there's some cheaper uh, options also. I, I, I mean, the Chevy Bolt is one I'm seeing more and more out there this year. All and the time. Pe people are jumping all over these things thinking they're saving a ton of money and they are saving a few bucks. Well, the Chevy Bolt that you mentioned, I think it stickers below 30 or around yeah. 30, right? Yeah. The average gas vehicle, gas power vehicle right now is about, what, $46,000. So the, the point is, when electric vehicles first came out, all you thought of was Tesla, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. 
it was Elon Musk everywhere and this revolutionary thing, but, but most car manufacturers were not far behind. And so there are a lot more options on the market right now. And I know my husband started tracking it. And again, this was when gas prices were really high earlier yeah. this year. We were saving a couple hundred dollars a month, um, even factoring in how much it costs for the electricity. For the elec- yeah. 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 Okay. And, and there was still pretty significant savings at the time. So, um, I think a lot more people are at least looking into these. Yeah, I, I actually had not a Chevy Bolt, which is all electric. I had a Chevy Volt, and, and that was interesting because I, I had it for two years, again, when the price of gas was pretty high, and you plug it in overnight, you get 40 miles, which to most people are like, I, I drive a lot longer than 40 miles. Well, that's why it had a gas engine, and yeah. once the battery depleted, the gas engine took over, and if you want to drive to California, just keep putting gas in the tank like any other car. And I'll tell you what, most of my driving was less than 40 miles commuting yeah. to work. We were spending... I. I filled up the tank about every six weeks and it was an eight gallon tank you know otherwise i plugged it in and it was just electricity that was pretty slick but you know what what worries me is the infrastructure there aren't that many recharging stations out there i would have massive range anxiety if i had an all-electric car if you live in somewhere like California, where there's like 34,000 places, yeah, literally, they're, all over. they're yeah. everywhere on every street corner, not a big deal. I live in northern Kentucky, and I will tell you, we've got friends in Louisville, uh, in Lexington. I, I will not, if it's over an hour, there's no chance of me taking that <laughs> car. Because they do, I get that massive anxiety I would. of what happens. Yeah. Even earlier this year, there was a couple nights where we forgot to charge it, and I was taking my son to basketball practice, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh, it's at 10%, and it was less than 10 percent. It did. It made me really anxious. I think where these manufacturers are going to go with these in the future are they're going to figure out ways to charge them in a much shorter amount of time and let the range of these electric vehicles get longer and longer. And I think when we get there, you're going to see lots of people buying these up. Thanks for listening tonight. We'll hope you tune in tomorrow. We're talking about avoiding the two most common emotions we see driving the stock market. We're talking fear and greed. Have you been there? You've been listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial on 55KRC, the talk station. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.